This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 51. I am your host, Octavius A. Newman. I am the creator of Bear Fruit. And I am here with my co-host, Adam Jacoby Tatteris. <laughs> Jacoby, okay. I yeah. like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still coming with him. Okay. So, episode 51. You just have a dictionary under the table? You know, do you, I'm doing what I I'm doing what I gotta do to bookmark, do what I gotta do. Bookmark on J names, hey, J words. I'm just I'm just trying to stick with it, trying to follow through. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. what's important. It's your boy. A-Tet, a.k.a. <laughs> Jacoby, a.k.a. Jumpman Thing, a.k.a. Wow. Aunt Maybach, a.k.a. <laughs> Ghostface Killer Croc. Yeah! That's what's up. Yeah, you got some new joys this yeah, time. Yeah, I'm going yeah, with I've the same working, ones, you I've know. Been, I've been working hard. It's your man, at Octavius A. Newman, Ooh. a.k.a. Doc Ock, a.k.a. Ooh. Candy Kingpin, Ooh. a.k.a. Black Panther, <laughs> a.k.a. T'Challa French Toast, a.k.a. 21 Savage Land. You know what I'm saying? What else I got? A.k.a. Banos. AKA Bro Chill. Yeah. Bro Chill is good. You know? I've been looking at one right now that you you granted to me that I don't think I've had the chance to use yet, but Young Gordon is one <laughs> yes. that I'm just saying. Yes. yes. Young Gordon. Young Gordon. I feel good about Young yeah. Gordon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a fun time. If you don't know, I don't know why you would know. You wouldn't know this. When I grow my mustache is red as hell. Mm-hmm. And I look like Young Commissioner your, Gordon. Your boy. <laughs> Young Commish Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 51 51 episodes man plus all that one-shots. fanfare for the 50 and now look we're over the hill now where are we at i don't know we out here still how you feeling i'm feeling good man mm-hmm. i'm feeling good um like the year's coming to an end and i feel like we've done a good job I feel like we've done our part to keep yeah. to keep showing up every week and that's what's important mm-hmm. you know i have a good time you know we went through an entire surgery mm-hmm. you know and um we were talking about trying to do like a best of episode. Yeah. But that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> that, sounds like, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So if you guys want to see us do a best of episode, we've got 51 episodes and we've got Lord knows how many one shots. Yeah. Why don't you tweet at us? Adam, your Twitter is? Hit me at Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. And my Twitter is at Octavius A. Newman. Um, hit us up and let us know what some of your favorite episodes are, your favorite moments are, your favorite segments are, mm-hmm. your favorite, just your favorite points, and we'll see if we get enough of them that we can put something together that's worth you guys listening to. Your favorite man-man feature? Yeah. Your favorite time we talked about trash truck juice? Right. Your favorite time when I started, I'm going to say this right now, but I said the word phablet. On yes. air. 
And did we ever find out why why Young Metro doesn't trust anybody? No, no I don't know. I don't know. You Still know? Don't so, know. hey, we just came up with the best stuff just now. Yeah, that's it. You know what? Matter of fact, maybe we might be <laughs> on to something. But, go. no, we want you guys. We want you guys input. So, um, comic book junto at barefruit.com is a great place to hit us up with some of your favorite thoughts. Tweet at us on Twitter. Um, you know, just let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what some of your favorite moments are. And I think it'd just be a good time for us to re- reminisce together for those people who are, who've been with us since the beginning and those of us who are just coming to us as well. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But we need to pay the bills first before yes. we get to the show. This podcast is brought to you by Bear Fruit, Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning belief into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Learn more about Bear Fruit by going to bearfruit.com. That's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the store. Also, you can get some official Comic Book Junto merch by going to tpublic forward slash user forward slash Comic Book Junto. That's J-U-N-T-O. Check out the merchandise. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, posters, iPhone cases, mugs, coffee cups, mm-hmm. notebooks. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all kinds of stuff. We got the newest shirt up there, which is the Force Bump, yep. which is inspired by, yep. you know, a uh, war movie that takes place in the stars. Mm-hmm. A war movie that takes place in the stars. Yeah. And that movie is called Star Trek, my yes, friends. That is right. So um, I hope you, I hope everyone ordered that in time for Rogue One this weekend. Yeah. Because you will be the only Jedi. My understanding is there are no Jedi in this movie. Mm-hmm. So if you're, See, if you're, you're wearing, talking too much, if you were in the Force Bump, you would be the only Jedi. Like as part of the movie, more attention paid to you. Right. Makes you more special. And then all the cool people are going to be like, yo. I thought I was cool, but then I saw this guy with this Force Bump t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah. this this girl with this Force Bump t-shirt uh-huh. on. Now I'm no longer the coolest guy or girl in the theater. I have that moment all the time. And my status, I need my status to come back up. Where'd you get that t-shirt from? Yeah. You can tell them where to get it from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you can just get yourself a little mug, bring it to the office if you're a star, if you're a War Stars fan. If you're, <laughs> if you're one of those War Stars fans. <laughs> war Stars. <laughs> no, but if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, I think it's really dope. And... You can also kind of check out what we're doing, like trying to make new skins for the fist bump kind of thing. So if you guys think of any cool combinations, hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, let us know what some of those combinations are, because that's the idea to be able to keep rolling out with new combinations of doing fist bumps. So yeah. it makes it make sense as time goes on. Octavius and I realize that we're kind of, we're the power man in Iron Fist of podcasting. That's correct. But we also realize that we have some Batman, Superman traits. Yes. That both of us have different ways of going about achieving something right but we both want to achieve the same thing right so we have a little batman superman thing so maybe a batman superman bump yeah you know it'd be so good if they would stop v-ing for a second and just bump it out yeah we'll get there i mean mm-hmm. we got justice league coming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we got we and got justice league 2 and justice league 3 i'm sure in yeah. the works yeah and we'll the be- batman the batman suicide squad 2 3 4 david ayer won't stop. He ain't gonna stop. Never. Impossible. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you gotta deal with it. Um, this is what we signed up for. We've been starting a show by talking about music that we've been listening to. Yes. J. Cole released his album last week. That's right. On on Friday. Yes. On Friday, yeah. Friday for what your do you think? eyes only. Yep. What do you think? I enjoyed it, but what I'm enjoying more is the debate on the internet about whether he's a good rapper or not. Interesting. The people are on like polarizing sides. Either he's amazing or he's the worst thing ever. <laughs> like there is no middle ground. And I'm going to tell you, <laughs> honestly, I kind of fall in the middle ground. Yeah. Like he's not the goat 
to me. He's not no. the greatest ever. This isn't his greatest album ever. He's not it, Kendrick. It, like to me, I prefer Kendrick, but I I really 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 like J Cole. I really like J Cole, and I really like Kendrick Lamar. So I listened to the album. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That that's it. You know. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's not the most amazing thing I've heard all year. It's like this is good. Yeah. You know, and I've played it maybe three times. Yeah. All the way through. One time was for myself. One time I was riding around with Kenny, so I played all the way through for one Kenny. One time for the LA sisters. Yeah. Uh, one time for the LA. Hold on a second. Hold on. I haven't actually <laughs> listened to it. No. All the way through. Okay. And that's something that happens with me and J. Cole all the time. Really? It just, I don't know what it is, but for some reason, he doesn't grab me. Mm. And sometimes there's a song that gets stuck in my head for a, a long time. Like Born Sinner. Yeah. I, I listen to that album a lot. And there are a lot of, especially, uh, what's the uh, the track where he was doing his ad libs? Bitch. Oh. Bitch. This is going to be my ad lib now. Bitch. Like <laughs> some of that stuff has stuck with me for a mm-hmm. long time. But when he releases a new album, I don't know why, but it just doesn't grab me the same way that some other things do. Well, I think For Your Eyes Only is not a pop uh, album full of popular songs. No, no. It no, is no. an album that you have to actually like decode oh. in a, to a certain extent. Like, well, what's he talking about? Well, who's he talking about? Well, is he talking about himself? Mm-hmm. Is he talking about somebody else? Who's the, does he have a daughter? Like, whose daughter is that? Like, what, what is he talking, you know? So it's not an album that you put on and you just like bang your head to, you know, very similar yep. to, to Pimp a Butterfly. But yep. I think to Pimp a Butterfly was sonically, you know, arresting. Yeah. So, but, but at you, the same you time, you listen to, to, to Pimp a Butterfly, it sounds like nothing you've heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it stops you dead in your tracks. Yeah. Even if not one of those songs is a banger, it's it's just like a totally different kind of And I think, a lot, and the reason why I bring that up is because a lot of people feel, seem to feel the same way about To Pimp a Butterfly. It's this yeah. polarizing album. People loved it or they hated it. Yeah. And it seems like For Your Eyes Only is very similar. Like people love it or they hate it. I love To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. I like For Your Eyes Only. Yeah, I'm with you. So... But I do find that if you like something of J. Cole's, you default to your hater. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. I, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not like mind blowing, but I, I enjoy it. Like, but I, and this is, this is a weird thing to say, not a weird thing to say, but this is the truth. It depends on what you're in the mood for. Mm-hmm. Cause I will put on birds, birds in the trap, sing McKnight. Mm-hmm. It, like I, I go back to that over and over Anytime. and over again because it's more fun to listen to. Yep. I very rarely go back to To Pimp a Butterfly because yeah. it's not particularly fun. It's not an enjoyable thing where you can just nod your head if you're working or if you're doing whatever. Like you got to think, like you got to process and chew on To Pimp a Butterfly. I feel similarly to For Your Eyes Only. I got to sit here and chew on this and think about it and process it. Now I can put on Neighbors mm-hmm. and just bang like, like nod my head to that, which is I did when we were getting ready. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really have to think about it. Simple enough, you know. I can go on about my day. But yeah. The the intro song for whom the bell tolls. Yeah. You're just like, okay, this is. I got to process what he's saying. You know? <laughs> the first time I would listen to the album, I got to the track "Folding Clothes." Love that song. When I just stopped, like dead in my tracks, and I had song. a moment where I was like, "This is why people make fun of J. Cole." 
Because he's rapping about folding clothes. The song's dope, though. It is a dope song. And I, I like That's the message. That, yeah. I like the song itself. I really appreciate that song. But I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You have people over here saying, J. Cole is rapping about folding clothes. Yeah. And that's why I don't like him. But that's not what he's rapping about. But no, that's he's that's not the rapping thing. about it's folding like, clothes. It's like it's how much you want to actually experience the music. Do you want to just take it at face value mm-hmm. or do you want it like you said, do you want to decode the song? Yeah. So there's something to be said for that, but for whatever reason it just hasn't like grabbed my attention like I was hoping it might do. Yeah, and I think a lot of times albums like this they and this is the thing also about music. Music is nuanced. Different albums play different roles in different people's careers in different contexts different circumstances yeah. of your life yeah. yeah so like there's certain albums like NERD Fly or Die mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite albums oh yeah love that album yeah I, I know every song you know what I mean and it takes me back to a certain place in my life certain emotions that are attached to it you know what I'm saying yeah. and there are other NERD albums I don't feel the same way about. Sure. But NERD doesn't suck now. You know what I'm saying? Sure. NERD is not the greatest or the worst. It's just like, okay. You know, because nothing that they put out has been bad to me. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And nothing that J. Cole's put out has been bad to me. Let me tell you what I have been uh, completely stuck on for two weeks, maybe more. Black. With a six? Mm. I haven't. I don't even know how to say his name straight. I haven't listened through the album all the way. That album is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Except there's one track on there. When you listen to it, you just be like, "This is just Hotline Bling." Hmm. You just you're just doing Hotline Bling. But Black is so good, and his his song Rules. If you haven't listened to Rules, Rules is amazing. Learn Ya is amazing. That whole that whole thing front to back, I really like. And this kid came out of nowhere. I have no idea what's going on with him. Where he came from. What's like, I don't even know who he's repping, like where in the United States he's from, but I really, really enjoy it. And it, especially since I really like R&B from like Jeremiah, I like Miguel and Black is filling that void right now for new R&B. Mm. So I recommend it. Isn't it, Jeremiah and Party Next Door having a situation? Yeah. we Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to go there. Got you. <laughs> well, The Lock's coming out this week. Yeah. The Lock's got a new album coming out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the internet... I don't know if our listenership even like who's the Lux, you know. But um, there's there's a Venn diagram of streets. like a comic book stuff, yeah, and then rap, and there are certain things that have a really easy transition in the yeah. middle, and some things are a little more difficult. You think the Lux is difficult? I think it's just outside. <laughs> you think people were like, who who like you? Come on, internet, you know who the Lux are? Styles P, Chic Luch, Jada Kiss. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, okay. Most people hear you say that and say, okay. Jadakiss. Where they has go, Jadakiss They go, been? okay, Jadakiss. Styles <laughs> yeah. P, Chic Luch, who is that? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I yeah. think Jadakiss has really done a better job of making the name solo in any way, like mm-hmm. indiv- independent of the locks. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually kind of crazy to me. That's That just feels old school that the them locks dudes, would be coming around. Them dudes are all like in their 40s. Yes. Yeah. yeah this is like late 90s, early 2000s rap. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sure. Was was old is new again. That's just the way things go. We'll see. We'll see what it sounds like. R. Kelly has a Christmas album. I'm ready. Yes, he does have a Christmas <laughs> album. That's right. Yes, he does. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about something that the internet, we know the internet, if they're listening to this show, they should probably be able to relate to. Yes. Let's get into this news. Mm-hmm. So, Spider-Man Homecoming. It's here. The trailer. It is here. It is here. What do you think? I thought 
that I had a very, very good time watching this trailer. Yeah. That's a, that's my first take. Yeah, give me get, gut reaction. You got to do this in stages. Because there are stages in it. There are stages. Sta- for stage number one, I'm watching, is it the Jimmy Kimmel show? Yeah, it's Kimmel. I stayed up late. Watched it, not late, but I stayed up to watch the Jimmy Kimmel show. I'm, I'm watching the trailer, you know, and I am smiling from ear to ear. I'm very excited. I'm having a great time, you know, and like I'm seeing just enough, yep. you know, they're not giving away the whole story to me. They're not telling me what the conflict is. Well, I see, you know, Spider-Man. I see, you know, Vulture. I see a bunch of people of color. You know, yeah. a bunch of women of color, Zendaya's some, some men of color, mm-hmm. like, and I don't know who's who and what's what. And I'm that trailer ends and I'm like, yeah, that was dope. Yeah. Next stage. <laughs> Phase two. Was that Genki? Yeah. Okay. So the person that I think a lot of people thought that same thing, asked that question. Mm-hmm. This is a new character named Ned Leeds. Um, if that name sounds familiar, it's because Ned Leeds in another universe. Comics are confusing. Mm-hmm. In another universe, in the comics, Ned Leeds was the Hobgoblin. In Marvel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. But that is the name of Peter Parker's friend in Wait, this movie. Wait, so he's not a new character? Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. If he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he has the same name, then I would be led to believe that that's Ned Leeds now. Yes, and but, if he's in the, the the Spider-Man, you know, universe of the cinematic universe, then that's Ned Leeds. Yes. Yes, you are correct. However, Ned Leeds in the comics, we're talking like first time on the scene, Hobgoblin in the 60s. Okay. 1960s. Okay. Ned Leeds is blonde hair, white guy, Hobgoblin. Okay. So what we he see... He starts out as the Hobgoblin. Yeah. Okay. So, so what we see in the trailer... Not that, right? Maybe and he's going to turn into the Hobgoblin. Maybe he'll turn into the Hobgoblin, but it would just be such a different version of the Hobgoblin. Yes. So it's fair to say that maybe they're just reusing the name of the character for a different reason. They've done this in the cinematic universe uh, with, uh, what's his name? Yorick. Uh, he was the editor at the Daily Bugle in, was it in Jessica Jones? Um, anyway, look, they, it is not uncommon for Marvel to grab a name from their universe and just kind of bring it back, mm-hmm. even if it's not the character at all. Right. So Ned Leeds is going to be in the, in the new movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. It's Peter Parker's friend. Yep. It's played by a kid named Jacob Batalon, mm-hmm. who is a Filipino kid raised in Hawaii. It's amazing to see this kid on the screen. Yes. But I'll be damned if that doesn't look like Genki to me. Yes. Because especially, we've never seen Genki in live action, Mm -hmm. and Genki is Miles Morales' best friend. Mm -hmm. So now we're seeing Genki sort of, or familiar-ish Genki in the trailer, and it's Peter Parker's best friend. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are saying, where's Miles? Yes. What's going on here? Mm Mm-hmm. Even some of the scenes in the trailer, yo, I pulled, are pulled I, from the comic. I pulled them up, and in our little text group, we texted them around. I, I went back to the old, it's Ultimate Spider-Man, right? Yeah, Ultimate Spider-Man, and I actually pulled the pages and texted them to you guys and said, "Look, this is the one where Miles is on the ceiling and Genki's like." What's going? How do you? What's what is this? And the same thing we see in the trailer. We see Peter on the ceiling, and he drops down. And he's like, oh, "No, I'm not Spider Man." And you know, it's 
And even if you're you're reading the current Spider-Man with us, what do you always see? You see Genki and Miles sitting on bunk beds talking to each other. Yep. All the time. In a dorm room of some sort, in some sort of bedroom. Like, so it was it was a mixture of feelings, man, because like I'm really excited about Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm really excited about the people of color that I see. I'm really excited about the visuals and where we're going. However, there's a real wrestle that I have where it's like, man, I feel like you're taking the stuff from Miles and giving it to Peter. Yeah. So what's Peter, what's, what's Miles going to have? Is Miles ever coming? Is, or are we taking the cool stuff from the, the character who's a person of color and giving it to the other character? And I mean, a lot of these are emotional. And a lot of these things are, these are not real characters. This is not a real human being, you know, but we have another story later on in our news, which is similar about how you feel about how things are being represented by these fictional characters. And it still gives you pause. I mean, like watching, just like you, watching the trailer for Homecoming, I was stoked. Mm-hmm. Spidey looks great. I think Tom Holland looks great as Peter Parker. Yes. I'm refreshing. Funny, funny stuff. Funny. He's young. He's dealing with things as a kid, but he's a superhero. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about this, it, him palling around with Tony Stark. Funny moments there. All of this stuff works for me. Yeah. And after some time, I'm thinking, if we could put the supporting cast of Miles in there, why not put Miles in there? Yeah. Especially since we've had multiple Peter Parkers on screen. This is the third? Give me some Miles. Yeah. The third one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it is a complicated feeling, and I'm very excited about what this movie looks like Mm -hmm. right now and Mm -hmm. who's in the cast. Yeah. But it definitely, it, it just kind of prods that little nerve that says, I really want Miles Morales, though. Yeah. I mean, like, I, it's time. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. If Marvel Cinematic Universe or Marvel Studio doesn't think the world is ready for Black Spider-Man to be on the big screen, I'm saying right now into the microphone, Marvel, thank you for your five stars and positive uh, uh, comment. Yes. I'm ready. Yeah. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not the only one. No, I mean, because I'm ready too. And one of the things that... Spoilers for Doctor Strange. Spoilers for Doctor Strange. Spoilers. You always do this for, for Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. And I, I gotta say, this. I feel like this is the most innocuous piece of Doctor Strange. Just trying to do my job. Here. I know. As a representative and an ambassador for the Blackout Congregation. Right. I understand. Just doing my part. Seal it. Seal it tight. Yeah. So three, two, one, it's your fault. Here we go. Um, did we get introduced to the multiverse in Doctor Strange? Yeah. Which gave a lot of, you know, <gasps> okay, we might get Miles Morales. It's a possibility. Okay, because then they can make anything happen. Then the X-Men can come in, and then Fantastic Four can come in. And then it just you know leaves what I mean? the door like, open. You could do anything at this. Who knows? You know, 20 years from now, like Marvel and Fox might get it together, and eventually it's like, you know what? Fine. You know what I mean? Let's get it popping. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll be 20 years older and go, finally, remember when we were talking about the whipping point all those years ago? Yeah. So we were, you know, with the potential of, wow, Miles Morales might come in. You know what I mean? Tom Holland and Spider-Man for a few years. Then, you know, maybe he gets to be a big star. Maybe he wants to move on. Maybe not. You know, maybe they just decide they want to do a spinoff. And Sony's already talking about, like, the Spider-Man universe they're doing. Yeah. Who knows? So... 
it just feels like the, the here's here's what I here's what I'm just gonna, I'm going to be transparent because I don't know how to be no other way. Uh huh. The what the word that I lean towards but I wrestle with is like appropriation, but you it feels silly mm-hmm. because it's not a real thing. It's not real. You know what I mean? Like this is made up. This mm-hmm. is not a real character. However, honestly, and this is a motion I'm fighting, I'm not landing there because there's a part of me that's like checking myself and really questioning myself. And I honestly wanted to have my mind made up and decided and talking to the mic with conviction. I know what I think, but I don't know what I think. Yeah. And I think if anything, it's important to be able to say, look, I don't know what I think. And I don't even know if I'm right or if I'm justified to even feel this. But there is a part of me that feels like, so we get the person of color, Spider-Man. He's got a really dope story. You've got how many years of Peter Parker stories? How many years of Peter Parker Since buddies? The 60s, yeah. You know, like how many years of stuff does he have to pick from? From past, present, and shoot, future. You can make up a new one. And you go and take the stuff. He, like, Miles barely got anything. Yeah. In comparison. So, in seeing him be a person of color, it kind of twinges that, dag, why you gotta take from him? You know what I'm saying? And I might be wrong, and this is why I keep having to, like, wrestle and check myself. Because Marvel might go, well, actually... You know, because at the end of the day, it's theirs. It's not mine. Like, I don't get to tell them what to do with their stuff. Mm -hmm. I just have an opinion. And that's why I'm trying to, like, tread lightly because it's like, yeah, let them tell you the story they want to tell you. For all you know, they've got a big plan for miles to come. So I I have a theory, and I just want to test this out. Yeah. I have a theory. I think people love Spider-Man and something people love uh, inside of the Spider-Man universe is all of the other spider people, right? Venom kind of has a Spider-Man thing going on. People love that character. Scarlet Spider. People love Scarlet yeah. Spider. Like whether it's Kane or it's Ben Riley, mm-hmm. then you got all the Spider-Verse all over the place. Mm-hmm. Miles Morales included. Mm-hmm. Spider-Gwen. Mary Jane in some stories has powers. Yeah. Um, what we know is Donald Glover is in Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. They have strategically, and by they I mean Marvel, has strategically not said anything about his involvement. But Donald Glover is an important piece of like fan culture for Spider-Man because the fans wanted to see Donald Glover as Spider-Man, but it went to Andrew Garfield instead. Mm -hmm. So that was an L that all of us took years ago and got over and we're like, okay, we can deal with Andrew Garfield. And then when we had another opportunity for a new Spidey, we're like, come on, Donald, like, get, let's just do this. Yeah. Let's fix this. So Donald is involved. You know that he's going to be an important part. You know that it's going to be like, a I don't wink. know nothing. You know that it's going to be like, it has to be a, an executive or someone smart who's saying, we're going to give the fans something they want if even if it's not even if it's not the capacity it's not the capacity they asked for but we're going to give them something so i'm curious will we see donald glover as miles will there be a potential that this is a different dimension which miles is older and uh peter is younger maybe we'll see pete uh uh, Donald Glover as Scarlet Spider or something like that, like in the Spider family. And that would be really satisfying to me if they, if they 
even touch on that. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer that than not doing it at all. No, nah, that sounds like that sounds like you know what it sounds like to me. This is how I'm taking it. Mm. You're hungry. We're all eating sandwiches. Here's a piece of bread. Yeah, I well, get it. Well, I look, get it, you said like, you're hungry. I mean, do you want the piece of bread or not? But, it's but like, that's just it. I didn't like, ask you for a piece of bread. I want to eat with y'all. Yeah, you know but what I'm that's saying? just it. Like, we can't change what's happening now. Tom well, Holland is Spider-Man. Tom Holland is Peter Parker. Well, that's we, not what I'm talking about. But I know, but like, what what we could have is some acknowledgement for what we want. I don't want acknowledgement. I, I want I, acknowledgement. I, like, see, see, here's what's happening. Here's what's happening, right? One, I think there's a couple different conversations here. There's the part where I am, you know, like processing out loud. Yeah. Which is like, ah, I'm wrestling. I'm trying to, you know, work through. And at the end of the day, I think what I really need to do is I need to sit back and let them tell me the story they want to tell me. Yeah, sure. And see what happens. Uh-huh. Because is the only Asian person that can be in the Spider-Verse, Genki? No, hell no. So, right. So yeah, like, plenty of room. you know what I mean? Are you jumping to conclusions? Do you know what you're talking about? No, you don't know what you're talking about. You are kind of jumping to conclusions. So ha- feel your feelings, but check your feelings. Yeah. Right. You know, and this is kind of me like coaching myself through this where it's like, look, let them tell you a story. No one's done anything to cross you yet. So assume positive intent until you have a reason to do otherwise. Mm. Because all you know is you said, I want more people of color on the screen. You're looking at the screen. There's more people of color. Yeah. What else do you know? Nothing. What do you feel? Lots of stuff. Check your feelings till you have some facts. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at on that. Now, the other side is I want Miles Morales. I don't want a pity, pity kind of like, Here's a little kind of version. No. Like, I want Miles Morales the same way you do every other character. Yeah. Don't take the the person of color character and then say, well, here's a kind of a nod. I don't... You doing me a favor? Like, I don't want a nod. I I want him to have the same thing. Now, again, this is where I got to check myself and go, what are you getting worked up about? You don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, for all you know... There's a bazillion things that could happen. Again, Octavius, calm down. Let them tell you the story. You're dealing with one trailer and you are creating. Is it, Am I creating headcanon right now? Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, I'm trying to with you this know, whole like uh, Donald Glover is. Maybe we got to define what headcanon is. In it. But either way, what I'm doing is I think I'm like creating like something and I don't know what I'm talking about. So I need to, you know. At least me, I need to be honest with my feelings, but at the same time, go, you know what, back off, right. listen, watch, see what happens, see what unfolds, and assume positive intent. And at the same time, acknowledge, uh, kind of looks like Genki, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, it's hard for me not to, but let me let me at least let him, you know, un- unroll it and then I can really have an opinion, you yeah, know? That's an interesting part of it too because then I got to wrestle with the fact that I see uh, uh, this kid in the movie that I've never seen before, Ned Leeds, mm-hmm. this character, and I'm like, Genki. that's Genki. It's like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, didn't you just say you want more people of color in movies? But at the same- you say you want representation? So now the only person who's... He's got. There's only room for one. Yeah, like, exactly. who's the hypocrite now? It's like, yeah, true. That's just it. You know I got to I mean? check myself and say, I can't just profile this kid and say, you must be Genki. Or, 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 like, what's the other option? Yeah. 
Either it's Genki. Sorry, or, there's only one role for you, boy. Yeah, and it's Genki. Yeah, like, it's th- that in and of itself. I get it. But if we saw wrong. another, if we saw another white guy, we wouldn't go Flash Thompson. Yeah, all right. Oh, so you go take Flash? Th- like we wouldn't do that. But again, like I think this is the whole point of the conversation that you know we're having to try to like work through our emotions and be fair. You know, well, what I'm it's it's funny that you said Flash Thompson even because they, there is going to be a Flash Thompson. In Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. And it's being played by Tony Revolori. Okay. Tony Revolori, if I am not mistaken, was also in the movie... Um, oh, gosh. It's the, it's the one that we like... Damn it. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know the Lobby Boy. Yeah. Right. So, Flash, Eugene Thompson is already not the one that we're accustomed to. Right. Like, we're already getting... Of a an actor of color who is going to be taking uh, the role in the comics. It was just a white guy. Yeah, yeah. you know. So that's that's a win too. So Grand, Buda- Grand Budapest Hotel. Dope. That's a Grand Budapest, and he was in Dope as well. Yeah, and he was. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's it, you know, man. It's like it's tough because there's emotions, and then there's all kinds of other things that are going on. So on this one. I'm saying, okay, I have my feelings, but I'm going to check my feelings and I'm going to hold on to them until I'm able to get more information and determine how I feel and celebrate the successes as of right now. You know what I'm saying? I asked for more people of color in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's what it seems like we're getting. So that's what I know for now. And we'll have to see what else is going on. Surely we are not the only people who feel some complex emotions toward this. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving to a- another story, which I find interesting, there are already plans for a sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. And it's been revealed that the sequel to the movie that has not come out yet will come out July 5th, 2019. We're already there. Good Lord. In the same press release that I read on this, uh, a different movie was mentioned for 2019. And that was Bad Boys 4. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bad Boys 4, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, or whatever it's going to be called, Home Went, Been Home. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man, Been Home, and Bad Boys 4. You home? I've been home. Man, I've been home. Yeah. So, that's interesting. So, we got other trailers. Yeah. A lot of trailers this week. War for the Planet of the Apes. What do you think? I'm into it. I'm into it. Although it did that thing that I don't like in What's trailers. That? What's that? When a character says the name of the movie. Yeah. At the end where he's just like, yeah. it looks like it's going to be a planet of the apes. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Do we need that? <laughs> we can, you know, do we need you to, oh, now I know what the movie is about. Yeah. I didn't know before. Fate of the Furious. Oh, it, sign me up. I'm done. I'm ready. Like I'm, we all, we all knew that everybody on this podcast. I changed my Facebook profile picture. I saw that. I'm ready. I'm so ready. And I'm F. Gary Gray, right? Uh, yeah. And I, lo- I love, love, love that people online are mad about the information that has been shared for the plot of this movie. What do you mean? That uh, Vin Diesel's character, Dom, mm-hmm. Dominic Toretto, mm-hmm. is bad guy. Mm-hmm. And people responded on Twitter like, Dom, Dom would never do his family like that. I'm, I, I'm hooked. I'm so so prepared. They got submarines in this. Yo, what is what is going on? <laughs> Whose idea is this? Justin Lin. I'm a genius. I love these stupid movies so much, and I'm really, really excited about and it. Who's the Who's the villain? The major villain? 
It's uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron's got locks? Yeah. She, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's yeah. see where this goes. Right. Um, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what this is about. I don't but know what's right. happening in this movie. I have no idea what's going on. I, I mean, I've I guess seen all okay I need to see. She's South African. I don't can know what's going do on. She can do whatever you want to do with your hair. There's no rules against hair. You can do what you want. <laughs> Last time we saw her, she was shaved. She was Furiosa. She was? Oh, yeah. How'd she, she killed go from it? Furiosa to these locks? Makeup. Hair is and makeup. Is that CG? Hey, hair, uh, or it's just good hair and makeup. They got a budget. Yeah, I'm ready for Faded Furious. We got, an, we got another trailer. Duncan. Durkin. Duncan. <laughs> something. I don't know. Christopher Nolan's new movie. It's a war movie. World War II. It's called Dunkirk. Uh, well, you watch the trailer just before we get on the show. I have no clue what I just watched. And it looks like a trailer for a war movie. That's all. It, it, and it looks really, like, dramatic. Yep. Besides that, if it wasn't Christopher Nolan, I don't know that I would be particularly moved. Mm-mm. But because I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan, it's like, oh, Tarantino's got another movie coming out? Well, I got to go see it because mm-hmm. it's a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. I feel similarly, like, for now. Mm-hmm. I feel similar because you know the last joint you put out I was like okay I don't know Interstellar Interstellar I was like alright this looks beautiful but sure. story wise I, I don't really lost know. me yeah yeah. so this one I fear is going to be one of those movies that are going to look visually beautiful but it's going to be so historic so rooted in history that I'm either not going to understand or not going to care. Mm-hmm. or I'm not either not going to understand or I'm going to understand and I'm not going to care. The trouble is, you know is what I'm there's little that makes it seem distinct. You could show me a frame Interesting of this point. movie and I would think... A frame of Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. And go, oh, Wives of Our Fathers? One's remastered and one isn't? You yeah. know? One's right. more beautiful than the other one? It needs to stand out. I, I watched the movie Fury for the first time. Yeah. And Fury is a World War II movie, but, but there's an aesthetic. There's a very specific, gritty, muddy, tank-centric, squad-centric People, aesthetic. person, personality-centric. Yeah. And I didn't... Now, from the visuals now, from the visuals, I didn't walk away with... Oh, I'm going to care about that character. Yeah. There was no characters that I attached myself to from the trailer that made me go, ooh, I see what the general thread of the story is. Like, there was no one particular character or person's face that I remember. Oh, I do. Brad Pitt. How'd you get your hair like that, no, dog? You look Fury. Good. I'm not talking about Fury. Fury is the opposite oh, of Dun- Dunkirk, you mean. Dunkirk. Yeah, yes, like, yes, there's yes. No, like, Fury, I remember characters and plot lines and like what what we're doing and why this matters to me tanks and stuff blowing up aside it doesn't really doesn't matter really about still that very intimate it's a, you know exactly yeah you know but dunkirk it's just like i don't remember any particular person <laughs> or particular conversation they had or it looks beautiful it looks fantastic but i don't think that i from the trailer I don't know that I care. Now, is that because they were listening to Compu Junto? Thank you for the five stars and positive comment. And they're aware of the Blackout Congregation and the movement that's happening to stay black. And they've said, we're going to make a trailer for the Blackout Congregation. That shows nothing. You're only going to show you beautiful visuals, no story, and draw you in. Because I feel like I'm, I, 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 I am going to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of like that I don't know what's going on. But then another side of it is like, ah... Give you a little more, you know? Christopher Nolan has two strikes for me. He's got two strikes right now. Okay. Okay. One, Interstellar was so long, 
and so complicated. Oh my god! So complicated that all I of still the don't know beauty what's going on. of that movie really got lost in I think what in, what was in Matthew McConaughey crying. Well, was, got lost in his tears. I watched. I, I mean, that scene I liked. Like when I watched the trailer, it looked personal. Yeah, but the movie kind of. It got so crazy that personal was not really what was going on. Yeah. It was so huge. Yeah. So strike one is, this was just overly complicated. Uh, d- d- well, you know how, like, you know, never mind. I was going to break a Strike two. Yeah. And this is egregious. Okay. What did Christopher Nolan do in the movie Interstellar? Huh? He had this whole team, this space team going yeah. out to save the world. Are you about to give spoilers? He going out to save the world. Spoilers. And I'm, not, I'm spoilers just saying, Interstellar. who Spoil- did he find in space? Spoilers for Interstellar. Who did he find? <laughs> spoilers for Interstellar. Three, two, one. It's your fault. Matt Damon. Okay, we joke about Matt Damon being found. He's underwater. He's in ancient China. He's out in space. Who did he find? Oh my God. I'm like, it only occurs to me now. The betrayal. Dog, you had to put Matt Damon out there? What was that plot line even? Drop it. You could have just dropped it. Ah, man. Matt Damon. Yeah. Well, two strikes. Don't don't mess up, Chris. I know you're listening to the show. Thank you for your five stars and your positive comment. Yeah. Thank you for your uh, alternate dimension stars as yeah. well, yeah. apparently. And going through bookcases in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Uh, anyway, you, we mentioned Fury a second ago. I want to I want to come back to David Ayer, the director of Fury. We got some news today. Suicide Squad is coming back in a new way, mm-hmm. which is the spin-off with Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And that spin-off is taking shape into being a movie about the sirens of DC. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I think we've been at least teased as much Harley Quinn Catwoman. It's confirmed. Oh, it is. It's okay. confirmed. Yeah. Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Poison Ivy are going to be in Gotham City Sirens, the spinoff that is uh, we've been talking about with a mostly uh, female creative team working on the Harley Quinn movie. David Ayer is going to be directed directing this movie. David Ayer directed Suicide Squad. I don't know what to think. Wait, I'm sorry. Not officially confirmed. Seemingly confirmed. Okay. So we're still we're still up in the air. Sure. Right. But, but David Ayer did Suicide Squad and he's coming back and taking another swing with Harley Quinn's mallet. Yeah. Now, if I if if we're bringing back the David Ayer from Fury, I still don't believe it's his fault. I don't believe it, it was his uh, fault. Look, if we're bri- and here's the here's the reason why I still have hope. Uh-huh. He got one more strike with me. Fool me once. Shame on you. Mm-hmm. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like your second one. Because if you come out with the same thing that you did with Suicide Squad, then it's just what you're, it's just what you and Warner Brothers are doing. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I can just come to expect this from you when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I'm not going to get the David Ayer that I want unless it's going to be you doing Fury or you doing, what's the other one? The, uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And the guy from Ant Man. Um, Who's the guy from Ant Man? Paul Rudd. No, you know the guy was talking like this. Then after that, then my my, my buddy Carlos and so and so. You don't remember that? That oh yeah, what's yeah, his yeah, name? Yeah, I, I don't know the name of the actor, but he anyway. was he was also in Fury. Was he? Yeah, huh. yes he was. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Well anyway, so whatever David Ayer I get, I guess we'll see. So I'm excited for the potential. 
but at the same time, I'm scared because it's like, well, we've already seen what you can do. Or we've already seen what they made you do. Yeah. So that's the thing. I, I just listen to the one shot that we did for Suicide Squad. I refuse to believe that it was entirely David Ayer's fault. The Suicide I don't Squad want to believe that was as bunk as it was, but he is coming back. So DC was happy with his performance in some regard. Maybe they're happy with him because he put up with their, their, their BS. End of watch. Yeah. Oh. End of Watch is the other movie that he did. No, I don't know that one. End of Watch. He, he was the writer for Training Day, writer for End of Watch, writer for Suicide Squad, writer for Fury. Got you. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, moving on. We've got some news about Deadpool, Wolverine. What's this? You put this in here. Yeah. So long and short of this is, you know, Ryan Reynolds wants to have a Deadpool Wolverine movie. Mm. And the issue with that is, Hugh Jackman saying he's done. He's, he ain't trying to hear it. Yeah, so after Logan, he where, says he's over. You know, where does that put us? Um, it's hard because, you know, th- this is what Ryan Reynolds is saying. He says, quote, I want a Deadpool and Wolverine movie together. I want a Deadpool and Wolverine in a movie together. Um, what we're going to have to do is convince Hugh, if anything, I'm going to need to do what I can to get my internet friends back on board to help rally another cause um, down the line. So. He's saying he wants this, but he recognizes that, look, Hugh Jackman is saying he's done. So it's really going to take us making noise to really, really, really get Hugh to consider it. Because who knows what Hugh Jackman's trying to do, where he's trying to go. Mm -hmm. Ryan Reynolds says he really loves the guy. He's a really cool guy to work with. But, you know, we know the Internet's powerful, but peer pressure. Ryan Reynolds but is do you really think that do you really pressure. think that we're going to be able to like internet peer, peer pressure Hugh Jackman into no. doing another movie? No, absolutely. Not. It, it can't be a money situation. I'm sure Hugh Jackman knows he can make plenty of money doing Wolverine if he wants. Yeah. So it's got to be like a life decision or a creative decision or you know what I mean, a preferential decision. It's got to be something outside of come on, you do it. Okay. You know like it would be amazing to have a Deadpool Wolverine movie because you'd have a movie in which both protagonists can't die they're just tearing each other apart right you know so we've talked about this and before ki- and kind of funny deadpool versus wolverine and i said deadpool wins every time because you know he can break the fourth wall yeah so i that would be we talked pretty, about that yeah. that would be interesting to see the two of them on screen but that that is that is a long shot that is a long 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 shot but well we'll see with the success of deadpool 2 i mean we'll see you know so if so, maybe somebody will start a change.org or something like that. That's what they do for everything else. Start a petition. Don't like it? Start a petition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get things the way you want. Start a petition. Not enough Joker scenes in Suicide Squad. I want my money back. Start a petition. Exactly. Uh, you got this one too. Uh, Attack on Titan is an anime series. I still have not What is wrong with you? Watched. What's wrong with you? I watched the first episode of that and dog, it was so upsetting to That's me. That's right. I couldn't go on. Adam. Yes. Cut it out. Okay. Watch the show. I, I want to. It was just... I can't. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I can do it. It's just that I can't do it. You already got me on Young Justice, finally. But you're enjoying yourself, Loving aren't you? It. Loving fantastic. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not nearly as harrowing or traumatic as Attack on Titan. Yeah, but, but apparently there's a, another season for yeah. Attack on Titan. So basically, Attack on Titan Season 2 is coming back in April of 2017. All right. And Funimation has announced that they've got the rights. Yeah. So it's coming back. Come back to Funimation. 
So that's it. I mean, the wait is over. Um, and we got a few more months to, until we actually get the episodes. And speaking of cartoons coming back, we know that Young Justice is coming for a third season. That's right. Uh, it's coming to Netflix directly. Mm-hmm. Is and that what they said? I believe it is coming to Netflix okay. directly. That's my understanding. And uh, it looks like the, the people behind the show want to ramp up with a comic book series. Yeah. So Greg Weissman is one of the producers of the show, and it's he and Brandon Vietti, I think. So the long, the, like the the idea is, it takes a long time for them to put these episodes together. At least ten months minimum, mm-hmm. minimum to put the episodes together. Yeah. So he's saying, look, we got a lot of stories. We got a lot of stuff we're putting together. We would love to give you guys stories sooner. So one of the ways to get stories sooner is to do comic books. But the only so they want the Young Justice comic book to come back to DC. However, the only way for it to come back to DC is that we have to show DC that we want it. Yeah. Same way we got Young Justice to come back to actual TV shows because we made, we put money in their pocket. Mm-hmm. So the only way to get them to have a Young Justice story. So what he's saying is if you want Young Justice stories earlier, because it's going to take us at least 10 months to make it, yeah. let alone ship it. Yeah. You know, so if you want stuff earlier, we can get it to you earlier, but you got to let them know you want it. So here's how you do it. Here's the quote from Greg Weissman quote. So if you want more Young Justice stories sooner, the answer is pretty simple. Um, Artist Christopher Jones and I are chomping at the bit to make more Young Justice stories in comic book form. Producing a comic book takes considerably less time than producing television episodes. So if we got a green light on a comic book series now, you could theoretically have new stories in a matter of months. Um, So... Issues 0 through 25 of the Companion Young Justice comic have been collected into four trade paperbacks, um, and all these stories are canon with the series, with timestamps and everything. In fact, uh, stuff from season three will pay up, pay play off of stuff from season one and two and the comics. Mm. The best way to show DC that you want more comics is to purchase these stories electronically, key, mm. electronically, on the DC app, on Comixology, or on iTunes. I suppose it's more direct. Here's the thing. It, continuing, however, there is one catch. Weissman did tell the fans um, the one caveat with his plan may upset purists who buy only hard copy comics. Since all of Young Justice trades are out of print, any uh, purchases made will not be made not be seen by DC unless they are done firsthand and digitally. I so unless you buy straight from DC, which you can't because they're out of print. Mm. DC's not going to see the transaction. So you have to buy them digitally because so you that's the buy only place they exist. So if we want DC comics, then we have to buy the digital versions of DC comics. That's interesting. So the four trades. But the but the payoff is, the benefit is, if you're a Young Justice Season 1 and 2 fan and you're excited for Young Justice Season 3, he's not just saying, go spend money just to spend it. It's like, look, this stuff all connects. So if you if you're waiting, you know, you can read these books mm-hmm. and it's going to pay in the season three is going to pay off from season one, two and the comics. They're all canon. They all fit together. Hmm. So I'm going to buy it. Y'all know what to do. It's Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, you can be buying online versions and gifting them to people. Mm-hmm. If you already own it, just download it and send it to a friend. Yeah. That's the way to go. And I'm happy to know about this ahead of time because I remember reading a quote that Young Justice was canceled because they didn't sell enough action figures. Right. And it sucks to get that information after it's canceled. So it's nice to know how we can support before it even comes back. Okay. There it is. Sure. Um, talking on comic books, Marvel has introduced a new 
or kind of old Ghost Rider. Right. Ghost Rider is hot right now. Not a pun intended. Good job. Sorry. Can't uh, help it. He can't help it, folks. Th- there are two Ghost Riders in Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. There's a new Ghost Rider book on the stands. Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes. Uh, I think Johnny Blaze and Robbie Reyes are both on the TV show Agents of Shield. There's a new Ghost Rider, which is the Ghost Rider of the 1880s. Mm-hmm. And this Ghost Rider is a Native American woman. I believe her name is Kushala. She is That's of what it looks like to me. Apache descent. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got like, she's got the flaming skull thing. She doesn't have a car, of course. She's not on a motorcycle. She rides a horse. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting in that it's representation of indigenous people as superheroes. And it's also interesting because I wonder, is this a character that would have existed at the same time with uh, Red Wolf? Because Red Wolf is indigenous character from the same time period. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to speak on some stuff. I don't know. I Honestly, I'm not sure. I'm curious to see. The, and a comic book with her as the head has not come out yet. But like, she is in Doctor Strange yeah. and the Sorcerer Supreme. There's a there's a preview comic in Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme, which is out today. So I'm excited to see more. I don't really know enough to, to go on this. Uh, I haven't actually picked up that, that preview comic. So I'll be picking that up and just checking it out to see what's yeah. what. Um, but it means that I'm curious to see a Native American character who is modern. Because mm-hmm. even Red Wolf is, was from the 1800s. Yeah. And like, zap, I'm in a modern time and he has to assimilate. Right. And this is a character from the 1800s. And it's got me wondering, like, what about like, you know, Native Americans now in 2016 hmm. who were just like born recently? Right. You know? Yeah. So I'm curious what that means. Yeah. I don't know, but I want to see more. The, the designs, everything that I saw online. Beautiful. Yeah, she looks really rad. That's right. Um, okay, look, I'm going to take a minute. I asked for a shot clock on this one, and Octavius told me, I just need to say what I feel. Just get it out of your system. So this the, dude asked me for a 60-second shot clock. That's true. On this topic, and I said, Adam, who are you kidding? Yeah. Just get it out of your system. Okay. Listeners, you knew this was coming. You knew that we were going to talk about this at some point in time in this show. Big news. A huge article in the New York Times. Man Thing is coming back. Mm. 2016, I'm searching for Man Thing online, in Twitter and in Facebook, and there's tons of stuff. Mm -hmm. You got to understand, this does not happen for someone like me, who's a fan of this character. Right. There's, this is a, a drought of information, usually. You can't find a lot of people who give a damn about Man-Thing, let alone my whole timeline filling up with news about Man-Thing. Yes. Bleeding Cool, comicbook.com, io9. The New York Times yes. wrote about this. Yes. Man-Thing's coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm elated. Yes. Now who's writing Man-Thing? None other than... R.L. Stein. Mr. Goosebumps himself. Mr. Goosebumps. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling Stein, good. A.K.A. Mr. Goosebumps. A.K.A. Mr. Goosebumps. A.K.A. Monster Blood. A.K.A. <laughs> Night of the Living Dummy. A.K.A. Say Cheese and Die. Like, I read <laughs> all of those books. I like R.L. Stein. And R.L. Stein apparently is a big fan of Man-Thing and was courted by Marvel to do a story and he picked this character. I'm so stoked. I think this works. Now... A couple of things start getting a little iffy for me. One, R.L. Stein is uh, he's a fan of 
like the 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 uh, Tales from the Crypt comics, the old horror comics, and that's great. I'm excited about that. But in this Man Thing book, R.L. Stein is moving Man Thing out of the swamps Uh-oh. in Florida. Uh oh, and into L.A. Burbank, and the plot with Ron Burgundy. A pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The plot apparently is Man Thing is. And I'm I'm quoting from the story. Man Thing is wondering why he is not starring in a major motion picture. Huh? And then it goes on. Comic book purists may balk at one revision to the character. Man Thing will no longer be mute. He can talk, and he's very sarcastic. Okay. So let, let me out. just give you. Let it out. Some insight into my emotional roller coaster. I find out Man Thing is in the news. This is great. Man Thing's getting a new comic. This is wonderful. R.L. Stein's writing it. I understand that. That makes sense. The only other person who should be writing it is me. Right. Obviously. And then he's moving to Burbank. Okay, look, maybe I can reason that one out because he needs to leave the swamp. That makes sense. But he wants to have a movie made about him. Hold up. What? And he can talk. What? And he's very sarcastic. Huh? And it occurs to me that Man-Thing's getting Deadpool treatment. That's right. Man-Pool! My friends. Woo! This is... 2017, the year of the Man-Pool. This is not a This is not a simulation. This is real. What's going on? how excited are you for Man-Pool? I can't. I can't. Tell the people how excited you are for Man-Pool. I'm not excited. Look, here's... Here's the thing. I think an important part of Man-Thing as a character is the fact that part of his books uh, are just this weird prose narration. The guy who's writing Man-Thing has to do all of the explaining, and it's different from other comics. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for most comics. You probably wouldn't want Spider-Man swinging around saying nothing, just having narration. It doesn't work. But for Man-Thing, it's just integral. To me, it's it's a vital It's who the character is. It's who the character is. It's what that comic book feels like. And since the 1970s, I would say, maybe since the 1980s, Man Thing's just been a joke. Everybody treats him as a joke. Granted, his name is ridiculous. Stan Lee, that one's on you. Yeah. That's your bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, no one ever treats him with the gravitas, with the seriousness that he once had at some point in time. And they introduced a brand new character. They invented Howard the Duck in order to be a sarcastic, wisecracking person who could pal around with Man-Thing so you had someone to listen to, Hmm. not just the narrator. So why bypass Howard the Duck and just decide Man-Thing is going to speak for himself? This I don't want to be that guy. Too late. I don't want to be the one who says, I resist change. Too late. I don't want to be the one who says, you can't touch my character. You are that guy. But there's some things <laughs> that you can't touch there's when it comes things, to my character. <laughs> right? Uh, so I'm going through some things. Junto listeners and members, I'm going through some stuff. My uh, my Facebook is populated with a lot of love and support. I appreciate you. And jokes. And jokes. Y'all got jokes. Yeah. But it's this is not this is not how I would have seen Man Thing enter into. 2017, when this book comes out, uh, I'm getting in touch with Mr. Stein. Right. I got a script in my hand. Hey. I'm ready. Write it. I'm prepared. I, re- I wrote it. It's I, already I, written? I created a brand new character. It's done? Yeah. 
So wait, R.L. Stein can make man thing somebody different, but you can't. You wait, hold on. I said that wrong. You could make somebody different, but R.L. Stein can't. I'm make making it a brand new character. Okay, who can kick it with man thing? One man speak, thing and speak on. <laughs> no, there's already a she man thing. That's a different. Is thing. there? That's true. Yeah. She man. Yo, someone. Hold on. Someone. Hold on. Someone hit me up. Hold on. <laughs> she man thing. Yeah, but that doesn't. That is lazy. So hold on. That is lazy. I have an explanation. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Is created in Deadpool as a joke. Oh, okay. All okay, right. so it's a Fair, Deadpool okay, joke, okay, okay. which is what we're going to get when R.L. Stein <laughs> brings Man-Thing to Burbank. Ha ha, he he, everything's funny, funny. Uh, yeah, but She-Man-Thing was just a goof because, you know, you got to put right. she in front of everything. Right, right, right. And more recently, in a more recent comic, someone from the Junto listening to our show pointed out that Deadpool got married to She-Man-Thing. In like a fever dream hallucination, wow. there's a picture of Deadpool getting married to she she-Man thing. So, uh, look, look, I'm just bothered. Like, this is not, this is not how things work. If somebody said, we're going to bring Spider-Man back in a big way, and guess what? Spider-Man never left. He's a serial killer now. Whoa. And I would say, Whoa. you done changed Whoa. the character entirely. Adam, serial killer? That's what I'm saying. It's not that drastic. Octavius! <laughs> it's that drastic? Not that drastic. That he's like, Spider-Man to a serial killer is man, man thing to talking. Look. And sarcastic. I'm, I'm, what if, what if, what if Frank Miller says, I got a new Batman in the works? First okay? of all, I'd be, I'd be concerned. Batman lovers, he's got a bad track record recently. Yeah, by the way, where the hell is that Batman series going, The Dark Knight? And is it, it like takes its good time to put out new, new issues. But if he says, I got a new Dark Knight series in the works. Okay. Here it goes. Bruce stays at home, writes poems. What? He's just big into poetry now. I got to come with a better example. No, because you'd be like, that's not what that's not what Bruce is about. He goes out. He fights. He's the bat. But when you change the character so they can like do different things yeah. in their character, the whole character is different. It would be, uh, I would say. Here, what do you mean he's sarcastic? Here, here's, an, here's an example. I, this is the example for in my mind, right? An example would be. What you say they're doing to Superman in the movies. What do you mean? You know how they say Superman is not this brooding, kind of furrowed brow, sad, you know, bottom lip dragging the ground, yeah. dark colors guy. Like they completely changed the, the personality and the character of who he is. Yes. That's, I think, so he's still Superman, but it's the way they, they like, execute him is just like but it's going against the ethos of his personality he doesn't do things that way but you're not not making him a serial killer like mm. that's 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 a completely different character but i think the way they're executing man thing i think from what from what i'm reading i imagine there, we're still going to have a lot of man thing-esque stories except the way they tell the stories are going to be through a new method which you're like well you've got him telling the story instead of the narrator telling the story which is well this is not how you tell a man thing story well you got him cracking jokes yeah. it's like well he's his personality is not a joke cracking guy he's no. never been a joke cracking guy just like superman has never been a Ho hum Eeyore kind of character. Sure, yeah. So it's different. It's like that's yeah. but I see Superman on the screen, but that's not Superman as a person his personality's not Superman. You know what I just realized though? In 2017, Man Thing will have his own book. Mm -hmm. And if it's popular, Man Thing will show up in other places. Mm -hmm. 
and he can talk now. It'll just be like kind of a retcon joint. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, yeah, well, yeah, man, think can talk. Yeah. And I'll have to think about like, man, back in the day. You're going to be that guy. You said you don't want to be that oh guy, but you're going to be that guy. You're going to be the guy. You're going to be 50-some years old. <laughs> man thing is going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you're going to have your children and nieces and nephews and go, oh, see, so like man thing now, huh? Now everybody like man thing. <laughs> everybody likes man thing now? I was the OG man thing, man thing. I was the giant size fan thing. It's true. You know what I'm saying? Check my Twitter. Check my Twitter account. I got screenshots. You're going to be like... Dad, for goodness sake, you are embarrassed. The whole theater is looking at you right now. Let them look. Let them look at what a true giant size fan thing looks like. Yeah. Let them behold. Yeah. So behold. long ago, so long ago, on an old episode of Comic Book Junto, we talked about action figures and how the some I don't like the action figures that are based on the movie. Mm -hmm. I don't like that they're wearing a different armor. They have a different kind of look. Scuba Batman. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm like give me Scuba Batman cuz he's not in the movie. Mm -hmm. Don't give me Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight Batman the action figure. They just I, it's not my favorite. Mm -hmm. I'm going to roll into a comic book shop in 2017. I'm going to see a man thing action figure. I'm going to lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Those are hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to see what wait, what is this under his trunk? He got a mouth no no that is not my man thing no <laughs> i give me the old hilarious, one hilarious 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 statement i'm gonna that is not my man thing i'm gonna call this <laughs> the point i'm just in a place that now. is not my man thing this show is that is not my man thing <laughs> that is not mine not right. my man hashtag not my man thing <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. I don't know what to do. This this episode is about having complex thoughts yes. about your favorite characters. Yes. A Spider-Man trailer rolls out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, wait. No. What? Maybe. Man thing is, is it? a man thing whole thing. That whole thing is happening for me right now. I'm like, oh, oh my God. New York Times? What is this? This is my time. I've been waiting for this. I'm faithful. I'm <laughs> to take me now. Right. Wait, what is this? What do you mean he's going to be sarcastic? What's that mean? He's going to be joking? He's trying to be in a movie? Yeah. AKA giant size power man thing. It's all right, man. Well, we'll have to see what happens, man. We got to <laughs> let them tell, got to let RL tell the story he wants to tell us. You know, I'm sure we'll have it as a book of the week. RL. We'll be able to have. I know you're listening. Thank you for the five stars and the positive man pool. And thank you for Monster Blood. Yeah. And thank you for the Choose Your Own Adventure ones. Those were my favorite, man. But you know in your heart, this ain't right. He's like, you know you're wrong. You know. <laughs> you know. Just talk to me. Call me. He's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to you through 817-403. You know the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Call me up. <laughs> Pick up the phone, RL. That's all I'm gonna give you. All right, so let's let's get to the to our uh, last few stories here. So Wonder Woman has. <laughs> Can some... we do like a real quick and dirty version of this? Go for it. You go for it. All right. Wonder Woman was appointed an ambassador for the UN for mm -hmm. women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. There was a change.org petition, which was signed by over forty five thousand people. Mm -hmm. And the UN has decided, mm, yeah, you know what? Maybe we won't do that. Mm -hmm. And so she is no longer appointed as an ambassador for the UN. Right. And now there is a new change.org petition from a different set of people who are big fans of Wonder Woman who say, come on, give it back. Let her be the ambassador again. Right. 
And we out here saying, how about a real person though? Yeah. How about someone who is an ambassador who can talk on behalf of themselves and other women? How about somebody who does not look like an idealized version of a very sexualized woman mm-hmm. who is white, who can speak on behalf of herself mm-hmm. and other women who represents herself for the UN? Well, I think it's an interesting point because there's so many different angles that have a point. Oh, yeah, totally. It's, 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 it's a hard thing to take a stance on because it's like everybody's got a point. You know, like there are people. And I who, love Wonder Woman. There are people who are like, well, what did they say? She's a large breasted white woman with impossible features with her thighs bearing and so and so and so. And that doesn't properly represent all, all women. women. And it's like, well, who does? Yeah, what, that's what, a, what, totally what, fair. What's the solution then? Totally You know fair. what I'm saying? If she doesn't represent all women, so how do you have someone who represents all women? Is, is the goal for her to represent all women visually is she supposed to represent certain ideals it, you know and again i see i see your point she doesn't represent all women but is that a fair expectation to put and a, on any character any person anyone a representative of that campaign because it's wonder woman's 75th anniversary so one of the things that i i look at and i think Ugh kind of gross is this is part of a marketing campaign mm-hmm. you know this is a pr thing mm-hmm. i love wonder woman a lot i love the background of the character i love what's currently happening with the character but wonder woman as a character is a product wonder woman draws profit for a company mm-hmm. so being in the un just makes me feel a little icky mm-hmm. but one of the representatives of the campaign says and i think fairly we're not talking to the people who are upset about this. The people who are upset about that thing, a fictional character being an ambassador, they're already with us. They're aware. They're aware of the UN. They're aware of the mission. They're probably fighting for their rights and for other people's rights too. Mm -hmm. They're with it. Mm -hmm. We're talking to the people who wouldn't know otherwise. Maybe young women or young fans Mm -hmm. or people who might like a fictional character who they would uh, begin to be related to the UN. Oh, you like these comics. You like Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about stuff you can achieve in the real world. Mm -hmm. So... I see that. See that point too. But at the same time, yeah. Like I mean, even like, the comment of like the large breasted thigh bearing so and so and so. So what? Uh, and then there's another point of like, okay, are we body shaming? Are we, you know what I mean? Like there's so, th- there's so many points to have. It's a just kind of angles. It's like, okay, I see your point and I see your point and I see your point and I see your point. So it's like, well, what do we do? At a certain point, you have to make a decision for a purpose with intention behind it and you know you got to move forward with it because i are even in your statement if if a woman wears you know her thighs be like you said that like it's a negative thing sure you know what i'm saying and there's some people there's some people who think it is some people think it isn't sure then there's times where it's appropriate it's times where it's not appropriate and then who says when that is you know so it's like it sounds like there's a lot of people who are like pushing their preferences and perspectives and it's it's interesting where i land is like so how about so i I, y'all can have that i can't really touch on that too much what about real humans though yeah so as that's of, what I want to know. As of 2014, uh, there were 193 member states represented in the UN, in the UN. So 193 member states in the UN. Of those 193, 31 ambassadors were women. 31 out of 193. Mm-hmm. Not great. 
<laughs> so more women involved, more real, actual human being mm-hmm. women is very dope. And the, and the idea that there is a fictional character being in the UN as an ambassador is not a new thing. We did a little research, <laughs> a little research, and we found yeah. out that Winnie the Pooh was a UN representative. Ambassador for International Day of Friendship. Tinkerbell was an ambassador. The honorary well. ambassador of green. Okay. She, she was, she was talking about that, that loud. The honorary that. ambassador of she that, on, of that loud. She was on that leaf. <laughs> she had that good, good, good. Uh, who else was there? Was there anybody else? Oh yeah. This is the one that bothers me the absolute most. A character from angry birds was chosen for international day of happiness. Angry birds. The angry iPhone birds? game. Happiness. I don't even know any other dang names. Like, what do you mean happiness? Give the me games th- called Angry Birds. International it's not called Happy Birds. Not International Day of Frustrated that I can't kill these damn pigs. I'm sick of this game. Yeah, um, Angry Birds. But you know, so so, I just think that it might be a difficult expectation to expect even any one woman. Agreed. To actual live human woman to represent all women. And I think that's part of the conversation for representation. You can't take the one token fill in the blank and have that one token fill in the blank have the expectation to represent all of that community group. Sure. That's why diversity and representation is important. That's why we need lots of people, lots of angles, lots of perspectives to bring those people to the table, bring those conversations to the table, bring those perspectives to the table so that we can have a more diverse conversation. Mm-hmm. Putting it all on a fictional character, like that that just seems like a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I get everybody's point from all the different angles and all the reasons why and different... And it just kind of makes me seem like, ah, this might not be the solution. I think a lot of it you has know? to do with the wording, too, that they said that Wonder Woman was an ambassador, as as if Wonder Woman was an actual human. Hmm. If it were coming from a real ambassador who was a woman, let's say, and that woman says, you know what, I have a campaign to get young girls interested in the UN. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is we'll actually do some stuff where Wonder Woman hangs out with one of the real ambassadors. You know, that'd be another thing. But to say like Wonder Woman is actually occupying a position that could be occupied by a real Winnie the Pooh. Being, but yeah. How, how are you going to take Winnie's job? What he got? Right. He can't even get honey out of a jar. You know what I'm saying? He over here with Eeyore. Yeah. Struggling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, All brother. Right. Last story. Tell me about this. Now, you're the WWE uh, participant, follower, viewer. Participant is one way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, of uh, the show. Kofi Kingston is the name of a wrestler, the WWE. I'll keep this as straightforward as possible. And Kofi Kingston is uh, the, the holder of a championship. Uh, Kofi, Kofi Kingston is part of the, the New Day, I believe, and he is one of the guys who has the WWE Tag Team Championship, and that is really dope. He took a picture with a couple of other uh, championship holders, WWE performers, and they're all black. So he's got this team of black superstars, and they've all got championship belts, and it's really dope. And Kofi posts this to Twitter and it says hashtag black excellence, right? Harmless, not just harmless, but like dope. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. All right. So apparently some people couldn't get behind that because that's a great question. 
I guess some people can't get behind that because they don't know what black excellence means. Well, what's the actual issue? What are people saying? That's the problem. There's not actual any the, inside of this story. There are no tweets that are derogatory or opposition. It's just Kofi wrote a letter to people who were not down with it. And what he indicates is people don't understand what black excellence means. He he says uh, he has to go out of his way to define what black excellence stands for, which is what I think is is him saying, what you think I said is I'm better than you or black people are better than you. What I'm saying is I'm proud to be black and a WWE superstar. And he wrote this letter that I thought was really unique and really wonderful. Kofi Kingston writes, while much of the feedback has been positive, there has also been a lot of negative response with regard to the picture we posted illustrating Rich, Sasha, Xavier, E, and myself wielding our championship titles. Mm -hmm. Perhaps this is because many are in question of the motivation behind the post. It does not come from a place of malice, spite, or gloating. It comes from a place of joy and place of happiness. We have a very strong sense of pride in being the black people simultaneously holding the championships in WWE. Historically, in our nation, there was a period in time where this would not have happened, followed by a long period of time where it became possible but had not actually materialized. Now, we are in the time in which the possibility has become the reality. Now, why does this matter? It matters because even though it's hard for some to fathom, the fact that there are many people who feel as though it is impossible to attain certain goals because of the color of their skin. This is why we must acknowledge the color of ours in this instance. It is important for people of all races, but particularly people of color, and especially the youth, to see that it is entirely possible to achieve your dreams and aspirations regardless of your race. We are a shining example of who want to be a source of motivation for others to believe in themselves and do the same. Excellence is not the same as supremacy. Black excellence is not meant to be divisive, for even if you do not fall into that specific category, you can still take enjoyment in our pride. Because in the biggest picture, in a society that often focuses on the negative aspects of race relations, what has transpired with the five of us speaks positively to the progress we've made as a nation. Kofi Kingston should be the president. I don't know about that. I love Kofi Kingston. Okay. He's a great wrestler. Oh. And I love that letter. And I think he, what he did, what he is capable of doing is articulating something that I am proud to see in a way that only he could represent as someone who is black, as someone who has achieved this aspiration, his dream, and set a goal and a standard for young people who look up to him. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. And he didn't let haters like turn him into a place of hate and just bark back. You know, it's a different thing. So I, I really enjoyed seeing this piece, especially coming from a place like the WWE, where, frankly, it's all about aggression. It's all about beatdowns. It's all about you know being sharp, being in character. Mm -hmm. Something like this, uh, I think, is something to look, be inspired by. Well, I mean, I just think it's interesting that there's. I would be, I would be interested to to hear or see what exactly some of the negative comments are. You know, you can't picture it. 
You well, can't just when, imagine it? No, I can imagine it, but I don't want to imagine it. Like, sure. I want to know. I don't want to guess and, like, create a straw man and, like, you know, imagine what they look like and imagine what they said and then respond to my imagination, you know, because then I'm just making up stuff. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine, you know, I've seen conversations about this in the past. I've seen people who come against what seems like like lifting up a particular people group, a particular ethnicity, a particular community that has not had the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's frustrating to me that saying black excellence, like even one of the things that he said that stood out to me was like in the beginning of the, of the message, like, you know, it doesn't mean that black people are better than you or, and I was like, well, I understand what you're trying to say, like black people as a people are not better than other people. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I don't think that there's a problem with saying I'm better than you. Well, so you know what I'm saying? I think what this ties into really strongly is a message, a hashtag like black excellence and a hashtag like black lives matter mm -hmm. are similar in that what they do is pointing out something particular. Yeah. They put, they point out something particular. And in both instances, I think there's a very positive messages, but people who have some insecurities about their place in the world would probably read that as being something offensive, like black lives matter. How come I don't matter? All lives matter. Right. And to your point, I don't want to create a straw man, but I have seen the argument been made. No, I've seen it. Too. You can't say black lives matter because all lives matter. And those people miss the point. So to point out black excellence is something that is really powerful. But for people who are clearly not in the know, people who are not like you or I, those people think that they're being put down. I guess those people think that black excellence equates to black superiority and for them it just triggers them I, I i would imagine to to fight back or to contest something that is otherwise genuinely positive it's just an all-around good thing well i'd say this <clears throat> here's the thing that i would like people to know about understanding the purpose of pointing out black excellence from my perspective um a lot of times the messages from the media the stories on social media a lot of the like the storyline that you have heard from your own community, from music, from TV, from the news, is that black people aren't excelling. Black people are stupid. Black people are thugs. Black people are less than. Black people can't read. They, can't, they All they can do is this, that, and the other thing, and so and so and so. So because that, that we know that's not true, but we see that this is the storyline that's being presented over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. We have to go out of our way to point out mm -hmm. black excellence. Mm -hmm. So there's an intentionality behind going, hey, I'm going bird watching. I'm looking for birds. So if we're going bird watching and I see one, I go, hey, Adam, look there's that bird we were looking for. I'm pointing it out to you because it's hard to see. And meanwhile, someone, not myself, but let me put myself in the role. I'd be like, why, why don't you point out that deer over there? Why don't you point out any of the other animals around us? Because we're looking for birds right now. Yeah, but all animals matter. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm like, that's the, and I, I think that's the thing where someone so completely misses the point. 
So completely misses the point. And a lot of these people probably would be the same folks who say we're living in a post-racial society. That trash, that whole thing like racism, racism doesn't exist because Barack Obama is the president. So why do you have to point out black excellence? We already have a black president. Why do you single it out? And it, for me, as a white man, that's just, that's, that's not even shrouded racism. That's just racism. That's just like, I don't get it. I don't get you. I don't like it. I'm racist. Mm. And I, I appreciate someone who has a, a, a knack for speaking. I appreciate, especially coming from somebody like Kofi Kingston, this dude is jacked and he beats people up for a living. Mm -hmm. And there's something really pleasing to me that this dude says, hold up. Let me point out what my intentions were. Yeah. And I just think it's important to be able to point out like some of what the reasoning behind the need for being able to do this for, for those, for those of you that are listening that don't know, you know, like it's, in, it's, it's necessary to point out black excellence because a lot of times that's not presented. So we have to go out of our way to make it be known on purpose. Yeah. You know, you got We got to go out of our way to point at it, make it clear, make it known, make it clarified and get it popping from there. Yeah. So that's that's a reason why to do it. And if you've got a problem with that, then that's on you. You know, you got to work through that. But mm -hmm. I don't think that we, we are not going to stop pointing out black excellence because it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. They, you know you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, we're not going to stop pointing out black people who are killing it, who are excelling and who are, you know, doing well. And if that means that that person succeeding means they're better than you, what that got to do with me? Yeah. Are we gonna we're gonna we're gonna dim our lights because it makes you uncomfortable? No, no. If me shining makes you uncomfortable, then shine brighter. Yeah. You know. And if me shining as a black person makes you feel inferior because you're not black, what? My responsibility is not to manage your emotions about how you feel about me shining. Not you know? to mention the fact that these are people who are holding the championship belts for the thing that they do. They have proven to be the best at the thing. They're holding a manifestation of a thing that says they are the best. So how are you even going to get mad when they say, check out me, I'm the best? Yeah, we like. I, how are you fine with them having a belt but not pointing at it? Yeah. You know, that just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. Uh, props well, to it. Kofi. Yep. That's yeah. it for the news. Let's get into these books. Um, we got, we talked a lot. Adam talked a lot about man thing. Mm -hmm. I talked a lot about Spider-Man. We talked a lot about other stuff. We kind of went over time on our news segment. So, always. Always. Every time. So we're going to get into these books of the week and get into the, the comics. Yeah. So this week... I wasn't able to grab any comics. I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna do like a double take next week. But um, Adam was polite enough to lend me some of the books of the week this week. Yo, so, lend the digital codes to friends. Yeah, you know, this is this is uh, uh, the proof of it working. Marvel books come with digital codes. DC, do they? No, no. So the Marvel books almost always come with a digital code. Mm -hmm. Give it to a friend because it goes a long way. And I'm, I, I don't need two copies of this book. Right. No. So uh, I'm looking at my stack now. It was a big day. I picked up Black Issue 3, Hawkeye number one, really excited for Inhumans versus X-Men number one, Jessica Jones number three, Old Man Logan number 15, Man Thing, and my stack. Power Man and Iron Fist number 11, one of our books of the week, Spider-Man number 10, another book of the week, and Wonder Woman 
number 12, the ambassador herself or the former ambassador herself. And uh, we're going to be doing Power Man and Iron Fist number 11 as well as Spider-Man number 10 today. And before we get into these books, we want to warn you that we're going to spoil some plot details. If you don't want that spoiled for you, I recommend pausing this now, picking up those books and reading along. Otherwise, three, two, one. It's your fault. Spoilers. Where you want to start? Power Man? Yeah. You want to take us through that? All right. Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, we got David Walker and Sanford Green. David F. Walker. David F. Walker. I don't want to confuse the multiple walkers on this. Uh, and we're um, we're picking up after the we're picking up after issue ten, which I had to go back and and remember what was going on. And issue ten and issue eleven, we spent some time with the old crew, the Fang Gang. So we're spending time with Don Trail, who is cockroach now. That's his alias mm-hmm. now. Uh, we're spending time with. Oh gosh, what's his name? Tombstone. We're spending time with. Uh, man, there's so many characters. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of characters. It's a lot to remember. You know what? It's actually something I'll point out now, which is there are so many characters in these books, and because we're spending time with the the past version of the Fang Gang and the current version, it's it's a little bit. To catch up with. So at times I had to flip between pages to figure out who, wait, who are we talking about? Are we talking about this person? Who, who's this? Disco Devil is another one. Um, Black Mariah is another one. The fish guy that I can't remember his name. Um, but we're, we're initially spending time with Danny Rand and he's talking to Carlos Cabrera. Carlos used to be a guy named Gamecock and he's trying to turn his things around, but he's, he's stuck in a place. He either needs to go back to prison or he's going to run. And and Danny knows that that's coming. Danny and Luke right now, we're trying to help. It looks like uh, convict or ex convicts or people who have been put in prison wrongfully. So they have a whole different approach to being superheroes right now. And uh, Danny wants to make sure that, they help Carlos and set him straight. But it looks like Carlos dips back into the dark side, let's say. Mm-hmm. The criminal underworld. Yeah, it looks so like he, out of necessity. Yeah, he's in a bind. And or it, he chooses two shots. I don't know about necessity. Sure, but it, it, it certainly seems to imply like he, he doesn't have a lot of options on the table. So he's turning to what he knows, which is crime. And uh, we're, we're going back to the character that was revealed in the last issue, the very last page of issue 10, which was this kid, Alex Wilder. Now, this kid, they keep referring to as Childish Gambino. Yeah. Which funny. is pretty funny. Very funny. I guess because it's like... He looks like him. Young kid with the ga- glasses. And the curly hair. And the curly hair. This kid, I, I guess this is the point. He annoys the hell out of me. Wait, what is your take on this character, Alex Wilder? Well, I mean, I don't think we know a whole lot about him yet. So. He says totally in every sentence. Well, I mean, he kind of comes across as like an arrogant young kid, but we don't know a whole lot about him besides that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really have a whole lot of opinions outside of that. I think it just gets to me that he's, it, it's just the way that he's written is, is meant, for, as far as I'm concerned, is meant to grate on your nerves a yeah, little he's, bit. Yeah, he's arrogant. He's yeah. arrogant. I totally have the skills. Like that sort of thing. He's punching uh, Tombstone and he's asking him, are you impressed? 
Right. It's just like, oh my God, man. Yeah. You're punching an OG. A part of this story is about like him being in this old gang and how they used to run things. Yeah, that and Blast Hands. It's part of that too. <laughs> yeah, and this is also about Blast Hands. Um, a lot of this issue is Danny and Luke doing their separate thing. Luke is spending time with Disco Devil and Danny is spending time trying to figure out this computer, the Agnitus software. And the Agnitus thing is the, the, the thing that we found out in previous issues is capable of writing your own, uh, writing a, a criminal history, like offering... Erasing criminal history, altering criminal yeah. history, and creating a criminal history. For someone who wouldn't have one otherwise. Right. So uh, it's discovered that the Ignitus software is being used by that that group of uh, guys who were hunting criminals and they were like doing their own brand of street justice, but it was not created by them. So I think the idea is it was created by Alex Wilder. That's what it looks like. It seems like kid. he created it and he gave it to the guys who were doling out the street justice to test it to make sure that it works right. Mm-hmm. And he even said, like, when, you know, the guy formerly known as Gamecock was like, yeah, you know, I had this situation. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm partially to blame for that. Like, you know, so he even owns up to the fact that this Ignitus thing is his. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we have... Felicia Hardy, Black Cat, she's trying to to get things going with Tombstone. They're trying to, uh, or I'm sorry, she's not trying to get it going with Tombstone. She's trying to get things going with the other group, with Cornell. Yeah. And um, it looks like that's not really going to work out in her favor. I think she's trying to play Cornell. She's trying to play him, yeah. And um, uh, the other, who's the guy who keeps speaking in third person? That's Cornell. No, no, who's the other, no. Police, like Black Cat's talking to somebody. Hold on, who's she, who's she talking to? Well, um, the other guy who's in the fan gang. Yeah, man. I, I honestly, so many don't characters. Know. The, the guy who has the Pootie Tang Lounge. Yes, I don't even know. I don't remember the name of the character. Well, anyway, uh, Black Cat's trying to take, trying to like dupe somebody, and basically the way they're going to go about it is by trying to rob one of the trucks that go to Tombstone, and yeah. Cornell's going look. That's not going to do anything. That's not going to help you take over. All that's going to do is just have him get mad and come down on us. Yeah. That's it. And it seems to me, Black Cat being Black Cat, she knows that. She knows that. She just wants this money. Yeah, exactly. Because we already saw her dealing with, um, like, in the Spider-Man comic. Miles Morales. A little while ago, just saying, hey, I'm here to take over. You know what I mean? I'm here to get this money. Yeah. And uh, uh, Cornell is onto that. He, he knows what she's capable of, so he's not going to stick around to get ambushed and then beat up so she can just take the money and run. But, um, you know, this this issue is interesting because so many characters are bucking up against one another that I, I have to say, I think Danny and Luke sort of get lost in the mix. Is it this issue ain't about them? Yeah, it's really it really seems like a like a introductory issue on this new arc. Like, okay, here are all these characters. Here's the basic plot. Here's what's going on. Now, get ready to see what comes next. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of like action that took place. It was a lot of setting up, which makes sense. I mean, we just finished an arc, and you know they're done with Civil War as of right now, mm-hmm. and now they're moving on to the next thing. So David F. Walker's got to you know lead us into the next piece. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen here. Uh, it looks like Wilder kills Mister Fish. I think I'm not sure if he killed him dead or if he just beat the hell out of him. Um, that's going on. 
And the bottom line to this whole issue is that Disco Devil ain't trying to get zip zap boom bap. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that's the bottom line. Yeah, pretty much. If you just want to sum up this whole entire issue, Disco Devil ain't about that life. My favorite part of this book is Disco Devil talking to Luke about nostalgia. Uh, when <laughs> yeah, 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 when Luke is saying, "You still got all your Disco Devil for nostalgia." What Same reason that? you got your tiara. He's like, "I ain't got no tiara." It's a metal headband. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you got it, don't you? Same reason I got all my Fat Boys albums on vinyl. But I ain't got no turntable. Hilarious. Like, I really like that look. Like, look, this was his gimmick. This yeah. was probably, for Disco Devil, for Cletus, that was the top. That was what he reached. It's it's Ed Bunny talking about Polk High. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, How many touchdowns in one game? Four touchdowns in one game. Four touchdowns. Was it yeah. four or three? Uh a force on, I don't know. Anyway, the point is, is that he was living in his past and it's, it's kind of fun to visit him. He is way out of shape. He don't look the same. He's, he's not, he's estranged from his old crew and he's helping the good guys. He's helping Luke. So he's, he's a far cry from who he used to be, but he's still wearing the gear. He's still got the whole thing going. Still got the powers. Disco ball on his head. And, uh, with with devil horns coming out of it and blast hands, hilarious, yeah. So that's the general gist of what we got out of uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. I think it's a little interstitial, like you said. It's going to lead into what, what happens next, and this this character Alex, this young buck, is going to come up against Luke and Danny. I'm sure, and I'll be excited to see some things boiled down. Maybe I need to spend more time with these characters so I get used to them, but. Uh, I like when we spend time with Danny and Luke. I want more of that. I want more of the two of them. Fiddle faddle. Like, right. Just kind of fist bumping and zip zapping and boom zip zapping and boom bapping and all that. Yeah. So we'll look forward to the next issue. This one was not my favorite one yet. Yeah. So here's what we got going on in the next part of our books of the week, which is Spider-Man number 10, which is part of Civil War 2. Mm. Now, this book is very simple. And also very involved at the same time. Yeah. It's like very to the point. So there's really not a whole lot of talking points, but the talking points we do have are deep. I'm going to say 90% of this book, if you read Civil War II, and man, I really hope you are. Because otherwise, you get spoiled. spoiled. But if 90% of this book is stuff we've already seen. Yeah. But we're getting a deeper perspective from the way that it, it has affected Miles. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we've seen all of this stuff. Like, nothing that happens in this book, action-wise, is new. Yeah. Nothing. It's just, it's just from Miles' perspective. Right. So, what goes on here, let's just read the intro. High Schooler Miles Morales was bitten by a stolen, genetically altered spider that granted him incredible arachnid-like powers. This is a secret he has shared only with his best friend Genki, Fabio Medina, a.k.a. Goldballs, and Jefferson, his father. Recently, conflict has broken out among the Avengers over how best to deal with Ulysses, a new inhuman who can supposedly predict crimes that have yet to be committed. In the chaos of an all-out superhuman brawl, Ulysses has his most powerful and profound vision yet— Putting Miles in front, uh, my, putting Miles front and center in the superhero civil war, 
Miles disappeared and his friends and family have been searching for him, fearing the worst. And that's where we come in. We come in with Genki looking like he's climbing up the side of a building, which what is Genki doing climbing up the side of a building? I don't know. You know, Genki climbs up to the side of the building, looks, he's got his shades on, like he's trying to like sneak in. To trying the dorm to be room. cool. Yeah. yeah. And he goes back to the, to his dorm room and files, finds Miles there, like covered in a sheet just weeping in his suit in the in the, in the suit, suit still yeah yeah and the majority of this issue is miles recapping what happened and genki interrupting him like yeah. the, pretty much the whole time so as far as the actions that he recaps if you stuck around for a previous civil war two issue uh what happened is ulysses the inhuman had that vision that experience in which miles killed captain america miles determined to prove that that was not going to happen, goes to the place where it's supposed to, the steps of the Capitol building, right. meets Captain America. The two of them said, look, this isn't, we're, we're, we're not just here, here to kill to, each we're other. We're just here to prove that this is not going to take, take place. Exactly. Carol Danvers comes in and she tries to, at first, softly help Miles mm-hmm. and then decides, look, I'm not patient enough for this. Yeah. And then tries to grab him, to, to grab him and take him away from the scene. Which is very interesting because the whole point that Miles brings up is she goes from saying, you know, she, Captain Marvel and Captain America are kind of like going back and forth. Yeah. And Captain Marvel switches up her tone and says, look, she reaches out her hand. She's saying, hey, look, you know, I want you to choose to come with me. But Miles says when she didn't hear what she wanted to hear or she didn't hear it as fast as she wanted to, she reached for me. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting to me, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, it seems like the heart of Carol is like, I'm trying to reason with you, Miles. I want it to be your... Let me try it this way. I want it to be your choice. Come with me. Come with me, Miles. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. It switched real quick. And when she reached for him, there's this protective field around him that nobody saw until she tried to reach for him. Mm-hmm. So as we know from Civil War II... Tony Stark put a a force field around Miles. Tony comes in this huge power armor. Which we thought was Riri Williams, but it turns out to be Tony. Tony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In this like stainless gray uh, power armor and throws down with Carol Danvers. Now, in the last page of Civil War II, when we read it last, we see an image where Carol Danvers, she's like Super Saiyan charged. Has punched and blasts through him. Yeah. And like pieces come not, out the not other through side. him, through Tony Stark, through Tony Stark. Just yeah. to clarify who him is. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so that was the last we saw, and we get that stuff recapped. Um, there are some things that I think are important. That even though we're reliving these things we've we've experienced before, the perspective is different. Yeah, and some things seem more important. Like yeah. you mentioned, the way that Carol at first tried to invite Miles to mm-hmm. something and then decided, I don't have time for this and reached. And we didn't see that in him. Civil War Two. Right. We didn't see that part. We just saw from that perspective, we saw, you know, there being a force field there and, you know, Tony coming in and going, that was your last straw. Mm-hmm. But Miles was going when she didn't hear what she wanted to hear and didn't hear it as fast as she wanted to, then she reached for my arm. Yeah. Which is like a oh, well I didn't know she was doing that. You know, yeah. so it's interesting how different angles, it seems a different way. And also to note, Miles is having this conversation with Genki, Goldballs, and Miss Marvel. So I think the most important thing in this issue is the way that Miles describes how he feels. Right. Very key points here that his uncle, the Prowler, was a bad guy. 
And his dad, for a long time, palled around with his uncle, and he said that he himself wasn't much better. He was a criminal. So the way Miles describes his uncle, the prowler, is he probably killed a couple guys. And then he goes, my dad wasn't far off, and I always wrestle with the idea that I'm just like them. That's in my DNA. That's in my blood. And he talks about sometimes he just wants to do what he wants to do. And he wrestles with the idea of just ripping the heads off of these guys. And, you know, sometimes he has to fight back this rage and this anger where he just wants to act out and kill some of these guys. And he's like some of the thoughts that he has in his mind, like you have no idea what I'm working through and dealing with. And part of the reason why he went there in his mind initially was to prove that he wasn't like yeah. his dad. That he was he was going to prove that he was not capable of killing someone. Mm-hmm. And he says, if I'm being honest, I went there to prove that I'm not my uncle and not my dad. But if I am, then let them stop me. Because I have to be stopped. I went there to, and then you see the scene in the background, beautiful illustration, beautiful art direction. I don't know, like, you know, just I, I love the progression of how the visual in his mind is going from blurry in the background to clearer and clearer and clearer. So it sounds like what Miles is saying is, I went there to prove I wasn't like my dad and my uncle. I went there to prove I wouldn't kill Captain America, mm-hmm. but part of me doesn't believe that. Yeah. I think I might be like my uncle. Like I might be like my dad. I might kill Captain America. And if I am, they need to stop me. Like if I'm actually going to be like my uncle and my dad, if I'm actually going to give in to this, I want to do it in a place where someone can stop me from doing it. And I love the fact that they're showing that wrestle where it's like, I, I would never do that. Would I? Yeah, man, I might, you know, and that's, and that's, that's what I like about good storytelling. It's not just do the right thing. Everything's easy. It's simple. Just go ahead and, you know, I would never do that. But this is the reality of what it feels like inside of me sometimes. I would never do that. I say out loud, but in my mind, I'm like, well, under the right circumstances, you know, I would. Yeah. And up until this point, Miles Morales has been a young kid who has superpowers. Yes. And so this is one of the first times I think we get to see something that is really human. And I wonder, and this is a question that I'll have, uh, I'll have to pose to you, Octavius, is this tied to miles being a black kid Hmm. thinking about his dad, thinking about his uncle, Hmm. thinking about the standards or ambitions that his family, these fathers, father figures, set in his life and wondering what he has available to him in his like am i just going to be like you is this is this just my fate i'm just going to be violent i'm just going to be a criminal i'm just going to be that how do i reconcile the fact that i'm an avenger though yeah what am i capable of and yeah i think it's so it sounds like youth yeah. To me, it sounds like, like that rage. It sounds like wrestling through a lot of questions, a lot of conversations that a lot of young people deal with. Like, you know, am I subject doomed to repeat, you know, like, is it a curse that I have to take on from my family, my fathers, my uncles, my mother, my, my heritage, or do I get to make my own choices? Am I, you know, and it's, it's, 
I think it's interesting that we're going to get a chance to walk through this with Miles and see how he fleshes that out. And it doesn't seem like a simple answer because we jump right to seeing him holding Tony Stark in his hands. Yeah. You know, and we don't even get it. And I think it's interesting that they don't tell us what happened from his perspective between the fight and him holding him. Because we never saw in Civil War II, we never saw Miles holding Tony Stark in his hands. No, we, we never saw that happens. part. And we didn't see what happened afterwards. We didn't see what happened to Captain America. What happened to, you know, you know, and, and even all the people kind of jump to him and go, oh, it's okay. We all have dark thoughts, da 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 And I was almost like, no, guys, you're cutting him off. You're not letting him finish the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't hear what actually happened. They just jumped to console him, you know, but we didn't talk about what are they consoling him for or do they think they know? I don't know. Interesting. There's this strong suggestion that Tony Starks dies. Yes. In Miles' arms. Yes. And that's crazy. And I, it's, it sounds even crazier to say this, but that is a huge character that would meet a fate in this story. And we didn't even know that yet, but still the most compelling part of this issue to me is Miles wrestling with his self, with himself, the, these thoughts and feelings of, I have powers to stop this. Sometimes I just want to rip a dude's head off. Yeah. Like, I'm not even here to talk to you. And other times I think I'm just as bad as my uncle, I guess. I'm as bad as my father. And then the most heartbreaking part of this maybe whole Maybe I'm just like my father. Issue. <laughs> hey. Right. Maybe I'm just like my mother. Too old? What's that Prince song? Oh, man. I don't remember. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. But the most heartbreaking part of this issue is... Yankee and Kamala and Fabio, they're trying to console Miles. And, and Genki says, look, you're not going to grow up to be your dad. You're already a million times better than him. Yeah. And who's outside the door? His dad. And he's going to open the door. And when he hears him say that, he has this look on his face like, what? And then his dad just turns around and walks off. And I think if there's anybody that Miles needed to talk to at that point, was his dad. I, this is the first time I've ever seen a preview for a comic that broke my heart. Yes. Because we have no clue what's going on here. It looks like Miles is like, for, like for, refracting away. Like, you know, like he's disappearing in or something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And he's just hugging his dad and his dad is crying. And also want to point out that his dad is wearing the shield outfit. Mm. So this might imply there's a reveal. Interesting. His dad is is working with Shield and Maria Hill. Wow. Or it could be that thing where the cover of a comic has no bearing on the content, which we've seen many times. Which we have also seen. Uh, yeah. They, hey, powerful book that somehow managed to do very little differently than a book we've already seen. I mean, somebody effectively just drew the exact same panels we've already seen, but shaped it in a way that really hits you in the gut. That is uh, Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. And that's our episode for this week. Now, let's talk about what we're going to be picking up next week. Um, so, next week we got coming out, ooh, Four Kids Walking to a Bank number three. Wow. I forgot about that book. Yeah. That's a great book. Yes, it is. I'm excited for that. Okay. So, it looks like it looks like Batman number 13. Does that sound right to you? That sounds right. Is it bi-weekly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Batman number 13. Black Panther number nine. Mm-hmm. Black Panther, World of Wakanda, two. Yeah. Cage number three. Invincible Iron Man, Riri, number Ooh, two. Yeah. Okay. Occupy Avengers number two as well. Wow. Power Man and Iron Fist, Sweet Christmas Annual number one. 
Okay. All right. So okay. So okay. Okay. This is a. So this is gonna. Batman number thirteen bust for sure. Wallet. Yeah, Batman for sure. Because we got to see this arc through. Black Panther number nine mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also say Invincible Iron Man number two. Got to go with Riri. 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 Yeah. And Occupy Avengers number two. So mm-hmm. those are four books. Of those four books, we're going to talk about two of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we might do honorable mention and touch on two of the other ones. But get those four books for sure. We're going to t- touch on all four of them in some way, shape, or form. David F. Walker and um, Bendis getting a lot of play. Yeah. Comic Book Junto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Yeah. It's good work. So that's why we pick it up. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Remember... Comic Book Junto at Barefoot.com for your questions. Hashtag AskCBJ on Twitter. Follow Adam at, at Adam Tetteris. Follow me on Twitter at Octavius A. Newman. Leave us five stars and a positive comment. Review this podcast. Uh, like, subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you, you know, recommend some people to listen to it as well. Follow us on uh, SoundCloud. Leave your comments on SoundCloud while you're listening. Um, And we really appreciate you guys tuning in. And don't forget to tweet us and let us know what some of your favorite um, moments were from the past year. So if we get enough good stuff, maybe we can put that together Mm -hmm. and put together like a special like year recap issue. Maybe a Comfortable Junto annual. Ooh. Ah. Okay. CBJ annual. That's the one, man. All right. Well, help us. Help us, guys. We're asking for your help. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, we're going to see Rogue One this weekend. Yes. So Octavius and I are planning Get on doing a one shot for Rogue One. Hopefully on Saturday. We will try to do that as quickly as can be because yes. we will both be seeing it very soon. And I'm seeing it tomorrow. You're seeing it Friday. On Friday. And I, I hope everyone goes to see it so you can join us for the one shot. I am so excited. Yes. For that movie. Yes. And we'll see you in a, a galaxy far, far away. There it is. Mm. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace. (laughs) 